Well, hello everybody. It's episode 267. That's 267. It's the ENS Wolves podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Judah. Delighted to be joined by Mr. Liam Keane. Of course, as ever, sponsored by kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Liam, there's a lot going on. I apologise to everybody. We're a bit later this, this week. I think people can understand why. There's a few moving parts, and that's not just me and you across country. That's, uh, that's the whole Wolves managerial race slash situation uh, that we're going to delve into. But I think it's important that we've taken our time, and if we put something out on Wednesday, it'd have been old by Thursday. If we'd put something out by Thursday, it'd been old by today. I think now... The dust is starting to settle. We're starting to at least get a shape of the, the, the couple, two or three months to come. So I think this is a good time to, to get the podcast out, Liam. And also with Sunday's game, hopefully you guys can listen to it on Friday and Saturday. Right, Mr. Liam Keane. Um, what's going on, mate? What's going on? <laughs> well, um, no, you're, from... you're totally right, by the way. It's, uh, somehow we've managed to get good timing on a podcast once, so perfect. It's funny, like in, in a week... I've gone from pre-Palace, I've gone from like optimistic to to angry in the days that followed and the night. And now I'm kind of just a bit fed up with the situation and everything. And I know we've got a little bit of stability now, but what a biz... It, it's not great, is it? It's not a good look, this whole situation. No, it's definitely not a good look. I mean, that's the, that's the last thing it is, is that... Um... Yeah, Wolves have, I think it's fair to say, particularly with this Michael Beale latest, which we'll get on to, latest sort of fiasco, um, Wolves have been made to look a little bit a little bit silly. Now, there's plenty of context to that, which we'll, which we'll come on to, but um, look, it's not a, it's not been a great few weeks for Wolves. Um, is it a mess, Liam? Is it, is it, it a mess? Bit. Yeah, of course it is. Of course yeah. it is. Um, parts of it out of their control in terms of being turned down, but equally, and I've said this on numerous podcasts, that for me it's just taken a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did feel like coming into this Leicester game was um, probably the end of the tether, really, in terms of how long Wolves could could let it let it lie and let and let it carry on. Um, so in some ways, yes, I'm glad that they've come to a decision now before this game, and, and you know Steve Davis and the coaching staff and the players can concentrate on on the task at hand. Um, but you know everyone's resolution that they wanted was a was a manager to come in, and that's that's not the case. So um, it has been a bit of a mess. Uh, but you know parts of it going against Wolves and out of their control, but equally taking a little bit too long for me. When they sacked Bruno Large, you could have given me ten million different scenarios, and I would not have said. Steve Davis will be in charge until the new year. It's it's a, it's quite astonishing, and how they've got to it is kind of bizarre in the way that they've conducted the search. The fact that it's been so public, I'm I'm trying not to rant today because what I want to do is give you the floor as much as possible. If I'm ranting, I apologise. So I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make my questions short, sharp, like a host should do. Liam, that's not like do my you. job, um, and. Um, and they've obviously conducted this search, and it's very, been very, very public. The sacking was very public, as you can understand. As you can't really hide a sacking, but you know, going and, and searching far reaches from from Britain, from from Europe, from the world, and you know, it's all come and it's all it's all come apart really. It seems in the middle of Wolves still struggling massively in the league. Improvements that oh, they got the three points against Nottingham Forest, but. Not particularly convincing for me. You had the, you know, the Palace on Wednesday night, which um, or Tuesday night, sorry, which 
started off great and, and finished off pretty terribly. And it's just been it's just been very, very badly run at this moment in time. Um, have they made the right decision now with what's been going on? They've definitely made the right decision in terms of the... Short-term the, stability. Yeah, the, the scenario they find themselves in, definitely. Um, the reason I say that is that, albeit this particular comment in, in terms of the, you know, the, the, the press release that, that Wolves put out, uh, on the announcement they put out, um, this particular comment from Jeff Shee that there's no standout candidates out there hasn't gone down very well with fans. Um, I think me and you have been saying pretty much the same thing for weeks, really, on the podcast, haven't we? Uh, Lopetegui was probably the standout name after that. Of course, they then went for, for Beal. But no one really stands out um, other than arguably Nuno. But again, look, we'll come on to all these names individually. Um, yeah, there's for me, I do think it's the right decision because that being one reason, there's no major standout. Um, to it, this was a little bit, and I can I can say this on the podcast now, which I think is is new for, for fans to hear. It's, it's been a little bit driven by the players. Um, the players were, were given an opportunity to, and particularly the, the sort of senior players, you know, Ruben Evers being the captain, and there'll be a couple of others. Um, have been asked by the hierarchy, look, you know, how, how have you found it in these last few weeks? What do you think of Steve Davis, James Collins? Obviously, they all like Tony Roberts anyway, um, and the feedback's been very positive. Um, I do agree with the comments that, that Jeff Shee made that there's been a, a slight improvement in the team, but I will say slight. Um, I won't. I won't drag that out. You know, so much to say that they've been excellent because I don't think they have been. But there has been a slight improvement. Um, in, if you look at the stats in terms of sprints, um, Wolves have incre- they were terrible against West Ham, for example, um, and they've increased. So I think the players are more on side and, and fighting more for what is there. Um, whether you think that's a you know, a good, a good or a bad thing in that they weren't doing it before. That's that's up to your opinion. But um, I think there's been a fairly positive reaction to Steve Davis. And I think there has been in the media as well in terms of how he's dealt with us and how he's spoke about the fans and spoke about the club. So um, in the absence of any real credible solution for another manager to come in and having been rejected publicly twice... I think it was the right decision to come to because they they couldn't allow it to drag on any longer without, especially for the fans really more than anything because the the fans don't obviously don't see what happens day in day out within you know the walls of Compton and and as far as they're concerned without an announcement made or without a definitive decision mm. um, they're left in limbo and that creates a perspective and an atmosphere around the club that just hangs over them a little bit so I do think. In, in the very specific circumstances Wolves found themselves in, it was the right choice. It's um, it's not good. It's not good on the pitch. It's not good off it. And look, fortunately enough, it's a bit of a shit show all round in West Midlands football at this moment in time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was at Fulham last night and I was just about to step out the stadium and, and then Gerard got sacked after he'd just been in with us. You know, West Brom absolutely, you know, laughable at this moment in time. So it's not... <laughs> At least, at least that's at least that's going in Wolves' favour. What what irks me? There's a lot of things that irk me at the moment, Liam Keane. I didn't like the I didn't like the statement that Wolves put out about Steve Davis yesterday. I'll tell you why. Chairman Jeff Shee, I'll, I'll give I'll give you the stuff that, anno- that that annoys me, and I think you've just touched on it. While there are no outstanding candidates to appoint on a permanent basis to the head coach position. We have complete faith in their ability and leadership to continue the roles into the World Cup break and New Year, talking about Davis and his team. While there are no outstanding candidates to appoint on a permanent basis, you've just been turned down by two. So you're saying that they weren't outstanding. Like, the Wolves, 
can't, I can't believe that that's been allowed to be put out. No, I think, I think the concept. If I'm gonna, I think the, I think what they mean is having missed out on these two after that. that that's the way I'm interpreting what they're saying. Is they're saying having missed out on two people, we're now having to make the decision because there's no more outstanding candidates. I think that's the way I've interpreted it anyway. I don't know okay, if I'm well, interpreting it. If it is, it it's badly worded for me because there's there's no contingency with that. You know, there's no they're not putting it into into perspective. Okay, well, I'll let them have that. One thing that I do, another thing that I don't understand with it is this will appoint someone. Steve Steve Davis got the job until 2023. Like, have they forgotten that there's two games? Before that, after the World Cup break. Um, now, we're going to come on to Lopetegui in a minute. And, of course, well, we can come on to him now. Turn down the job, of course, you can understand it with the ill health of his father. Things could change, potentially, in the next six to eight weeks. Things might not change. Um, Lopetegui might have a lot of other offers and better offers than Wolves. There's no guarantee that, that, that Lopetegui might be able to come. Let's, let's hope that he can do Let's hope that his situation gets a lot better and, and that would be great. So you've just said to everybody that you're not going to appoint anyone until 2023. So what about if Lopetegui comes in in three weeks' time, four weeks' time and says, oh, I'll take the job. Are you saying to he's not going to be in charge for Boxing Day game? Or he's not going to be in charge on the, on the 31st on New Year's Eve when there's a game? I, I don't get it. I don't get that again. Mm, I think Have they forgotten that there's two more games? <laughs> that, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm genuinely asking a question because sometimes it's, it's head-scratching. I think it was um, it was deliberately vague in, and, and this is the reason why, and then I'll come on, and I, I do slightly agree with you, but that it was deliberately vague in saying that because I think, and this is for every football club really, when you put a date on something, um, so let's say if they'd said Davis is up, is in charge of the team until you know 25th of November or he's in charge until the World Cup break whatever it might be mm-hmm. um, there's an expectation from fans then as soon as that date comes around for an, there to be an answer straight away so in terms of you know the PR and how football club and this isn't just Wolves this is across football how they work that's that's the mindset there and it was deliberately vague uh, in that sense um, the reality is and, and this is where I agree with you the reality is that if a candidate does come up Mm-hmm. Um, earlier than 2023, yeah, that is right for Wolves. It's the right fit. They can get and they can get it agreed. Then they they, they will move earlier than that. Perhaps they're going to. So so uh, that that's the reality. So um, now you know I, I understand that we're criticising sort of the word in it. If it doesn't happen that way, um, then there isn't I suppose anything to criticise because you know if it gets through to on the fifth of January and then they they appoint someone, then it's worked out pretty well for them in terms of that way. But if it doesn't and it's you know the first week of the break and, and someone gets appointed, um, you can understand where some people would question the wording originally. So, so yeah, I totally take your point. With, with Lopetegui as well, um, as you just mentioned, the reality around him is that the door is, is still open. Um, it's a possibility. Um, but Wolves are not going to specifically wait for him, so they're not going to not appoint someone in the hope that in two months, three months, four months' time, mm. he'll be available. They're not going to wait for him specifically. But if they come round to a to a, a moment in a few months' time, or even if it's two years' time, and they're in a position where they need to appoint a manager again, um, they'd be open to having the conversations with him again. So it is definitely open, and it's a possibility with him. Um, okay. But unfortunately, the circumstances are quite are quite grave, aren't they, in terms of his his father and and uh, and, and his family's health. So. Um, it all very much depends on. There's a lot of moving parts with that one, but Wolves are open to it. 
Okay, let's go on to Michael Bigger and the whole situation and palaver around that. Um, looked looked as good as as good as being the next Wolves head coach, Liam or Mick Beale. But we'll never get to answer that. the question <laughs> yeah. now whether it's Mick or Michael. Will we? We're never going to find but, out. No. Um, what what went down there? What what because you know reported all over really for some very very reliable sources. So th- this was as good as done. Um, of course, he had the game for Queen's Park Rangers on the night and they, they obviously won, won convincingly, went top of the championship and then everything changed. So was it just that one game? Has he had a change of heart? Um, were, were Wolves ever that close to getting him? What's gone down there? Yeah, so the, the the first bit is totally correct. Wolves were um, were about to, to appoint Michael Beale. I mean, um, he wasn't in the building. Um, he, he hadn't got to that point. Um, he wasn't a Zinchenko. <laughs> no, he wasn't at Compton. Um but the uh, the indications and interview that indications is quite a vague way of putting it. I mean, they they had they were absolutely certain that he was he was joining the club. Um, it was all set to go. They made the official approach to QPR. Um, of course, the the release clause meant that you know QPR didn't have much of a say in it. Uh, frankly, they they were gonna they were gonna appoint him. Uh, Wolves, that is, and um, and last minute. Uh, he's had sort of extensive conversations with with Les Ferdinand and, and the other people at QPR, and has and has changed his mind. If you listen to his video that he did or interview with with QPR, it's about sort of integrity um, and uh, you know I suppose honour and, and sticking to your word and, and and you know he's promised people at QPR he's going to stick in his job and do A, B, and C. Uh, I totally get where he's coming from uh, in that point of view. Equally. Um, Saying one thing to one club, one thing to another, is not is not the the best look. I'll put it that way. Um, look, he. So do you feel do you feel that that's a bit disingenuous and that he was very very bit. interested in this? And he's it just is a little, it is a little bit. Yeah, he mm. was he was very much about to become Wolves head coach, um, and that's why Wolves were were very surprised and shocked to to hear that he he changed his mind because it was very much last minute. Um, and and I think the, you know Wolves probably a little bit hurt by that and 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 burnt by that and. Um, and they've now been in a position where they're having to having to move on and uh, and, and obviously keep Steve in the job. But um, I think we had our, a little bit of reservations about it. Obviously, it was a risk, 15 games in management, etc. Uh, equally, we had a bit of excitement about it and what he could offer Wolves and, and you know the, the kind of reputation he had. And Wolves were equally as excited about that as well. So, I think uh, we got to were, Villa. <laughs> I tell you what would be a terrible look, not just for him but also for Wolves, is if he turns up at Villa next week. Wow. Um, I mean, there's not much Wolves can do about that, but yeah. You, you can say, and some people have said, and some journalists have said actually, oh, Wolves have been a bit unlucky with their search, you know, and Michael Beale was ready to go and didn't happen, Lopetegui was ready to go and didn't happen. The fact, the fact of the matter is, Liam, is that Wolves sacked Bruno Large without a definite number one in charge. They just sacked him, didn't they? Because at that moment in time, Lopetegui was in management. He mm. was at Sevilla. Okay, he was under pressure, but he was still a manager of, of Sevilla. You know, Michael Beer was still a manager of QPR. It's not as if they've set out and gone, right, okay, we've got someone ready to go. So I feel like, yes, it hasn't happened and, and they were very close to two managers and it hasn't, it hasn't happened, it hasn't worked out. But at the same time, they've got to shoulder some of the, brain, the blame in this search. And... They've made some really poor errors of judgment, you've got to think, up top this season. And this just it just looks like you can understand the anger amongst a lot of supporters with the way that this has panned out. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, I can't really argue with it. You have to, you have to understand the uh, the anger amongst the, the the fan base really because um, they haven't replaced you know a very key position that they need to replace. And and despite all of the you know the, the positive feeling with the players and, and and you know how Davis has has helped sort of bring some of the mood back, as important as as that is. Um, you have to look at, you know, I suppose his experience and credentials, and and think the Wolves should really have uh, a more experienced manager at the helm. Um, and and yeah, it's just a reality. But also, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. The two points mm-hmm. in that, yes, I think Wolves are taking too long, which I've said several times, and, and clearly mistakes have been made. Equally, they have been a little bit unlucky, and that's just the reality because they had two managers pretty much ready to go, and and they got pulled out from underneath them. Um, yeah, I think I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think that they both can exist within the same in the same world. Um, but Wolves have now got to try and make the most of what they've got, which is easier said than done. And, and a lot of it's down to to the players now, which I know we'll come on to with with the lesser stuff. Yeah, um, another question for you. You can answer it or not, I guess. Um, who's in charge at Wolves? <laughs> who's uh, in the that's, a, that's a good question. You know who? Uh, who no, you know who? Who is in charge? Who, who's in yeah. charge off the field? Who's in charge on the field? You know, like who is, is Steve Davis, the, the the manager or the head coach of Wolverhampton Wanderers, or is someone? Is he a talking head to someone like a Scott Sellers, who obviously has has become a lot more involved in? off the field with obviously since his promotion but maybe on the field as well um, overseeing Steve Davis a, a little bit more would you say compared to maybe a Bruno Large um, on a match day and and even even team movements during a game yeah so if we, we'll talk about match day and, and on the pitch first um, obviously you know Steve and, and, and James Collins Tony Roberts they've been taking training and, and, and they're sort of making all of, the, all of those decisions and, and sort of making as many changes as they can to, to the team and, and trying to implement some of their own ideas. Um, but it's equally true to say that, you know, uh, Scott has has come down to take a little bit more uh, responsibility and help them. I think that's part or maybe mostly down to the lack of numbers, hence why Wolves are hoping to bring in some, some coaching staff to, to help Steve. Um, lack of numbers uh, and, of course, they haven't got a... A head coach in their own right uh, in charge at the moment, someone who's been appointed outright. Um, and yeah, uh, Scott has been has definitely been has definitely been helping. You know, he's been seen sort of in the in the stands, um, sort of in communication with the bench, and, uh, and and I suppose helping to make decisions as well. Um, in game, that is. So he's yeah, yeah, on, in on, game, on a match yeah, yeah. day. So so are they in tandem. Is, is it fair to say that they're in tandem on a match day? He'll he'll look from above, and and, and they will discuss different. Tactics, substitutions, everything. It's very much. It's very much a, a dual effort. He, he certainly has. A, he certainly has a say in it. Yeah, I mean, we've we've seen that over the last few weeks. Because that um, wasn't the, that wasn't the case with large. Is it? No, so that's, no. that's an important development that, yeah. that people need to be aware of. That I assume not for the Nottingham Forest game, potentially the Chelsea game as well, and and, and Crystal Palace. That 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 is um, that's a communication line that has opened up that has not been there in previous previous uh, previous games under under the previous regime. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Um, I, I think for me, the the key part of that, alongside, as I say, not having a sort of established head coach in their own right, um, that's l- mainly down to the lack of numbers. As I say, the you know uh, we had Johnny and Diogo, the two um, analysts under under Bruno, who are part of the the backroom team. Uh, obviously, they're not there anymore. 
um, and that would have that was their role really. And also his brother Luis also did uh, also sat in the stands quite regularly at games, uh, and and they all took on that role. So the club has their own sort of um, analysis team as well, alongside the ones that are part of the backroom staff. Um, but the numbers are limited, so Scott is, is currently helping, uh, as far as I'm aware, in, in that in that area as well. Okay, um, just kind of round off the situation, you know, regarding managerial and and, and moving on slightly. Um, just a brief bit about Nuno. Um, was the contact with Nuno? And is that still potentially an option? I guess it depends how Wolves are doing, what the situation is. I mean, the Saudi league are off for eight weeks now. So you would have thought that if he was an option, that probably they would have gone for him after this or during it. And the fact that they have that they've taken the brought Davis in until 2023, in inverted commas, means to say that maybe Nuno's off the table or was maybe never, never on the table. Um, and also Rob Edwards, who was interviewed, got interviewed again. And the situation with him and whether he could be one of those people to join the backroom staff or they're looking to, for him to, to add weight into that backroom staff of Steve Davis. Yeah, so first on Nuno, um, yeah, there's very much... Uh, yeah, there, there was conversations and, and um, they sort of explored that possibility. Um, I, can, I can say with, with a lot of uh, definitiveness that, that Nuno was very keen uh, to, to come back and... Wolves were certainly less keen than he was. Um, they they were, as I say, exploring the opportunity or the, or the possibility of it. Um, but there were, I think it's fair to say as well, there are staff. Not all, by the way. This is this isn't a hundred percent of the of the people I'm about to mention. But there are some staff and and uh, players that probably wouldn't have been open to the idea. Um, and I think Wolves felt that it probably wasn't the right time to bring him back because of. I think it's it's quite soon after his last season as well, and they understand how bad that was in that last year and how flat it was the standards had dropped really in training and and on the pitch um and yeah Wolves weren't really ready to go to go back there just yet um which implies to me that there's potential in in the future for that to for that to happen and of course he's not massively old is he Nuno so there was possibility in his career that that might happen um but Wolves sort of fairly quickly moved away from that that direction um on Rob Edwards, uh, yes, you know, there's been communication. The interview, as you mentioned, um, there was certainly a possibility at this stage that he could come in, um, but I think it very much depends on his own aspirations, where he sees himself, and perhaps what promises he gets from Wolves. Of course, he's been in management at two clubs now, done very well at one, um, not actually done that bad at the other. It's just he's unfortunate that it was Watford, and he gets sacked quite quickly, um, and he's had offers and, and communications with Championship clubs. So it's whether he wants to drop back into what would effectively be a number two, um, unless there is a possibility of, of making it more than that. So um, it's very much up in the air, that one at the moment, but there are there is a possibility of it, we'll put it that way. Yeah, when, when Wolves are looking to appoint someone, who, well, I guess you know, Steve Davis is interim head coach until, until further notice, you'd have thought that if Rob Edwards was going to come in with his managerial experience that he would be in a better position than Steve Davis apart from not being at the club but being at the club previous and, and his managerial experiences at Forest Green and and Watford that that maybe he could have he could have headed it I just I just wonder if he has to go in behind Steve Davis or as a um like you say as a as a as an assistant to Steve Davis whether the only way he would do that would be if there was a guarantee of maybe the following manager or the next manager Wolves have that he would be given that Chance, but again, it's a very strange and, and and difficult 
decision to make, isn't it? Yeah, it's a very difficult one because I think if I don't think you can necessarily drop Davis down the pecking order now, particularly after we're talking about all of the you know the positivity that the, the players and staff and, and everyone at Wolves is feeling around him and and what he's been able to instill at the club. I think it's very difficult to drop him down the pecking order, and that's where the dif- difficulty is in bringing potentially bringing Rob Edwards in. Um, so Wolves have got to try and make that work and make that fit. Um, but remember as well, Rob and and Steve have worked together before um, at Wolves, so there's definitely a possibility for it, and they're, they're sort of exploring that, that that possibility at the moment. So that's all off the pitch. Uh, on the pitch, it continues to be a bit desperate, to be honest, Liam. Look, it started so well, didn't it? Um, we're talking about Crystal Palace 2, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1. I mean, look, there were a couple of changes. Um, I thought Bubakar did pretty well, actually. Just got that early booking, and then all of a sudden we were all on walking on eggshells for the rest of the game, really, because it was a little bit more physical. And look, I think they needed that. I think they need that a little bit more in that department. I, I enjoyed watching him. I thought it was a promising enough full debut from Bubakar. Um, and, and look, Hugo Bueno, I mean, look, we, I, can't, I can't tell you how good he was. Not only, you know, people talking about that cross, um, you know, and then, and then it, was sens- and it was a sensational cross, but to keep Palace quiet on that left-hand side and some quality players as well was absolutely tremendous. And it just goes to show when you've had Aitnori and you've had Johnny and you've had, you've had a young lad in Bueno come on and, and start that game. For me, that's the best and most complete display I've seen from a left-back this season. And that's from a lad on his full debut who was told, you know, very, you know, hours before kick-off that he was going to play and going to start that game. I cannot commend him anymore whether he starts against Leicester I'm not too sure I think he's done nothing wrong I don't see why if he's gone to Crystal Palace away and, and produced a performance like that I, I would quite happily start him on Sunday we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens there but um, what do you make of the game the worry you think for me Liam is that Wolves can't score when Wolves can't score they're losing games there's player discontent there's players on loan there's players you know there's so many you know there's no manager there's no there's no backroom staff. And then when you do take the lead, you're losing games. There's so many tick marks here of a team that are in a massive relegation battle. And when you're looking at the, the ingredients of a team to get relegated from the Premier League and Wolves at this moment in time are ticking every single box. You know, what did, what did you make of it? Because like I say, it started so well and then just, oh, so gross. That was a lot of information to digest. Let me let me take it all in. Mm. Um, yeah, very quickly on on Bubakar, um, he's quite raw, a little bit haphazard. Um, his second touch sometimes is a tackle, um, but for all of those minor faults that I think in time will be corrected, um, I I was fairly impressed. I thought he added physicality, energy, a bit of a bite to Wolves, and um, had he not been booked and perhaps uh, if he played a few more minutes up until that point he, he'd have probably played the 90 minutes or stayed on at least for a lot longer so that, yeah that was on him um, Hugo Bueno couldn't agree more with everything you said um, really impressed with him and I think people who've watched Wolves or, or watched the under 23s or 21s in the last couple of years will know how good a player he is it was just whether he can make that step up um, and he proved he can he just got to do it regularly now and for me he should start I'm not sure he will but he should start against Leicester um, and that's a, that's a big call for, for Davis and Collins to make. Um, yeah, overall on the game, um, I don't know where this sort of perception... Of, I mean, maybe maybe I'm getting it wrong. I may, I'm, maybe, yeah, for once I'm wrong. But um, there was a few, I mean, not, not all, but there was a few fans who, who were perplexed by some of my comments and felt that it was an 
unbelievable first half display. Um, I thought it was a good start to the half. I thought it was a good end to the half, but there was a long period in the middle that Wolves were lumping it long without Agreed. without yeah. any sort of care or feel or, or you know any control of the game. They were losing possession so easily, um, and that was really what I meant in terms of the the negative period during that first half. That look, it was definitely improved the overall performance from recent weeks uh, in that first half, but the that you know that chunk of the of that of that first 45 minutes that, that I don't think Wolves were particularly great in um, I don't think we can let our standards slip so much as spectators to say that that was an unbelievable first half because Wolves were a lot better than that um, but it was certainly better I'll give them some credit and they they took a, a lead for a, a very well worked passage of play should have taken a you know a, a 2-0 lead with with Ruben Neves's free kick um, and then come out in the second half and, and do exactly what, unfortunately, this, this team has done all season, throw it away. Um, they were so soft in that second half, uh, particularly the first 15, 20 of that second half, where they allowed Palace to keep the ball, move it quickly, didn't get close enough to them, no tracking back. Um, and the final thing I'm going to say about this, this, this game, before I let you move to the next question, is um, Nelson Semedo was absolutely excellent in the first half, so much so that Wilfred Zaha had to move from the left flank centrally because he couldn't get a sniff. He moved centrally, got a little bit more joy. Semedo makes an error, obviously, with his with his getting under the ball for his head of the first one. Errors, you you know, it's not great, but you can understand and, and maybe forgive it. What I can't forgive and what is absolutely criminal is Semedo's reaction to the second goal. Tracking um, back was his tracking back was pitiful. And this is a player that I really like as well, and, and I... I cannot defend, it, defend at it at all. Cannot defend it. I thought it was exceptionally poor for a professional footballer um, to watch the hard get up off the floor uh, and just run ahead of him. And he just very mildly jogs behind him. Doesn't even try to get close to him. Um, that is the only. That's the only thing I'm going to pull out and say that he really, really disappointed me mm. um, because he's a lot better than that. And and he cares more than that as well because I've spoken to Nelson before and he cares a hell of a lot more than he showed in that moment. Um, but overall that moment and the team have just got to do a bit better does Matthias Nunes need to start pulling his socks up I couldn't agree more yeah I thought he was poor I really do he's had good moments for Wolves um, few and far between but yeah I thought he was poor against Palace I really did uh, he looks a little bit lost to me um, they're doing this 4-2-3-1 really at the moment where he's playing as a 10 it's all a hybrid between 4-3-3 4-2-3-1 because he is pushing very centrally as he, as he goes forward which makes him almost a 10 and he looks a little bit lost I thought he actually his one of his best performances so far for Wolves was probably the Chelsea game when he played in a two. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly enough, and there'll be a piece out tonight actually asking Steve Davis in the presser today, um, he actually felt that Nunes was a bit too loose in the two and he needs to learn that position better and feels him as an eight is, it suits him better, which I agree with. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we've really seen him as an eight at the moment. We've seen him too much as a ten. He needs, he needs to come deeper and to receive the ball, at, to go forward with it and... and drive forward and make things happen and Davis did allude to that as well I think, I think Wolves were aware that that's where they need to find him they just need to find him in the right spaces Yeah and look um, Steve Davis said after the game that he got a bit of a knock to the head that's why he was taken off uh, there, were, there was some anger towards some of the substitutions I guess as well but he kind of did explain it as well he said that that Adama Traore had a, had, a, had a knock or a bit of a niggle going into the game so they needed to take him off but it, it still does frustrate fans when you see those substitutions and and you know, calls for calls for injuries here, there, and everywhere. And um, Raúl, of course, is is back uh, in Mexico now with with his his groin situation. And um, another poorly timed tweet from him promoting flipping 
at Nike's I saw on Instagram the other day. It's just a bad look, bad timing when you when your team's struggling. You know, you've got Kalajic, who's obviously out. You know, had the ACL, came back on the pitch, and then and then and then he's he's now crocked for you know the best part of the season. And then you've got Jose Sarr coming out. You know, you're obviously letting letting us know last week, Liam, with um, that he's playing with a with a slight fracture to his wrist. Basically, what I'm trying to say is the medical department are coming under a little bit of scrutiny here and it's a frustration I think with Wolves' league position and with everything that everyone's getting it we're getting it in the neck let alone let alone the players and the management and you know everybody is but medical department have definitely come under some some scrutiny as of late um, so what's the situation regarding that at the moment I know you've spoken to to a few people in and around the club um, and, and you know are they, are they making errors are there errors here there or everywhere or is it just a case of you know reacting to the situations yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the criticism was quite obviously heavy before the Forest game, wasn't it? And then, uh, of course, typical that Jose Sarr has a has a massive say in it and uh, and saves a penalty, albeit with his hand and his wrist that wasn't fractured. It was the other one that that he saved it with, but still, um, it's just the way the way it goes. But um, uh, the one one point I'll get out of the way very quickly with the medical mm-hmm. team before I talk about the rest of it is the point about players coming back on having had treatment on the pitch or on the side of the pitch Neto at West Ham for example Kalajic with his ACL I think there's a couple other examples I might be forgetting Um, on that very specific point um, I find it very difficult to to argue against or defend it to be honest because I don't I don't really know and it's not often as a journalist you like to admit that you don't know but this one I can't really wrap my head around because to me it seems like a mistake but I'm also not a medical professional but it seems like a mistake to me to allow these players to go back on. So that's the only thing I will get out of the way because I know that's one thing that will get thrown at us in what I'm about to mention um, with with you know this conversation. But um, elsewhere, in terms of you know the medical staff coming under um, under scrutiny and criticism for players getting injured in general, I think it's important for people to remember. I don't think many people know this really that um, in elite football and elite sport really um, they play with injuries all the time. And it's about managing them. So a very good example is Connor Cody, all of last season. And I think before that as well, he had intense issues with his ankle. But they, they go through a process to assess whether the player can play or not. So there's three sort of scenarios that they tick off. It's, will the injury get worse with that player playing? Can that player cope with the pain? And then will it the injury affect their performance? So there are three things they've got to tick off, basically. If the answer is no or negative to, to any of those things and it does affect them, um, then they won't play them. If it isn't, and they, they have to try and find a way to get them through the game, um, and, and provided obviously the manager and, and the head coach wants them to play, but um, that's sort of by the by. Um, but every player in reality has got something, uh, even if it's something absolutely small, there's always going to be something. It's a knock, a bruise, a sprain. There's always something small that a player's sort of coping with. And, and every day, the medical team have to go through with these players and tick off these scenarios and this checklist to figure out whether they could train that day, whether they can do A, B, and C, uh, and then of course work with the you know the, the physios and all those all those qualified people as well. Um, so I think sort of my conclusion to that is that um, I, I think the the criticism, particularly around Saar, was you're putting him in danger by playing him, um, but it's just not the case because. 
at the time, actually, when it all came out, it, it wasn't hurting him as much anymore and actually settled down quite a lot. But they go through these checklists, they speak to the player, they speak to the head coach, and they all come to a decision as to whether it's medically safe and whether the player can f- actually physically cope with the pain to play on. Uh, and in this case, Sar could. It wasn't dangerous. And, of course, there's a small risk to it. Um, and if it gets worse, then you're going to have to take the criticism. Um, but they have to sort of do the risk management and, and assess whether they go with it. And, and, and in this case, they have them. Um, and the final thing I'll mention on this is, and this isn't a criticism of, of fans, because this goes for, for us as well, albeit I've made a lot of small criticism at the beginning. Um, we also have to remember that we're essentially armchair medical professionals here. Um, I've seen firsthand the dedication that the, the Wolves medical team put in, speaking to the physios and all those people in pre-season. Um, and sometimes you have to just trust the experts and particularly with the SAR situation, they did all the due diligence they had to, and he was fine to play. It turns out he saved the penalty the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, it's just the reality of it. The only thing that I, there's a, a question mark hanging over, and, and a small criticism for me, is the players going back on. Um, and I won't sit here and pretend that I'm going to sort of defend that because I've, I don't really have a clear answer on it. Um, Neto as well, I guess, yeah. Yeah, exactly, West yeah. Ham. But uh, hopefully that sort of clears up a, a bit more of the of how they come to decisions and, and what they have to assess to come to those decisions and the, you know, the, the, the players' uh, well-being is always at the forefront but equally they want to have the players out there playing for the team at the same time so they have to make a decision. Yeah, um, thanks. So hopefully people have uh, understood that and um, take from it what you will. Uh, should we take some questions from the peeps? Let's do it. Okay. Uh, how long have you got left, Liam? Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, ten fifteen, something like that. Oh, we'll, we'll be all right. Okay, good man, good man. That's what I say. Um, look, first one, Tom Abbott. The Price of Football Pod says or implies that Wolves are for sale. Is there any truth in this? Uh, it can be a very quick uh, answer to this one. I'm told there's no truth. Wolves no truth whatsoever. No. Okay, there you go. Um, Lewis Back says, "Do you think Foson will act and make changes at board level?" Um, she, Jeff Shee doesn't seem to have a grip on things not replacing Dalrymple and Thelwell seemed foolish at the time when decision making since has been poor no, as far as I understand it there's, there's no sort of pressure on, on Jeff or Scott or, or any of the people that, that people are sort of referring to um, Jeff is sort of very close to, to Chairman Gore um, obviously the chairman of, of Foson and, and they speak every sort of every day or at least after games certainly um, and you know they've got a very close relationship and, and and you know he's been trusted to to, to lead Wolves, so no, I, I don't see any changes be, uh, happening in that, in that department. There's a few other people, but I've, I've kind of um, missed what the missed what their names are, but they'll know the question. Um, how many people are jumping ship in January? Oh, that's what people have said. Some people, yeah, have said. it's. I mean, there's obviously been rumours in. You know, Not a great on, Nevers timing, by the way. This video that's come out, and I know it's only a clip, but talking about Barcelona at Compton. Look, it could be a, a short clip of, of something that's maybe a two-hour interview, but at the same time, like it happens when there's when there's real struggles, um, you know, at a football club, and maybe maybe the World Cup might actually help Wolves because if they were and have another couple of months of this and they were bottom three still, people might want to leave in January. But the fact that they have a distraction of a World Cup means they probably won't have time for a move. So um, hopefully by default, a lot of these players will end up staying. Well, they'll have to stay really because otherwise Wolves are in even more trouble. Well, I mean, it would be nice to keep hold of it, especially a player like Neves, who uh, there's always going to be... Um, Rumours around, uh, of course, we didn't even expect him to be in Wolves colours right now. So, 
Um, I mean, for me, they need to sign a striker in January. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think, particularly if you're talking about uh, Neves specifically, Wolves, uh, they're going to. It would surely take a lot for them to let go, let go of him in January because they can't afford that, if, especially if they're in a similar position than they are now. And because of the World Cup break, they probably will be in a fairly similar position. So um, I find that not, it's not impossible, certainly, but I find surely the Wolves will, will be fighting against that. Um, how many go in January? I, I actually don't think. I don't think many. I, I, I mean, if the worst happens and Wolves get relegated, you'll see a fire sale. Of course, you will. But um, I don't see too much movement in January. And hopefully, movement coming in rather than going out. Um, a lot of people have said as well. Have Wolves, have Wolves got a plan for relegation? I mean, it's difficult for you to answer, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it, it is difficult. I, I, I be interested to see on contracts, etc. Like you said, there'll be a fire sale, Liam. But yeah, of course. With a lot of these players that have come in, you'd have thought there'd be certain certain you know items in their contract that will have clauses release clauses minimum fee release clauses wage reductions if there was relegation but to be honest looking at some of these players they think I think they're a lot better than what they think they are I don't think there'll be a lot of clubs that will going to come in for them and if they are on big wages I don't think they're going to get it somewhere else and that that might be an issue because um there's, there's too many that are underperforming massively for me. Can't, yeah, I have to agree, but um, maybe let's not talk about uh, being relegated before it's happened. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just saying that you can understand the fans' frustrations because yeah, of course. it looks like, you know, from a managerial point of view, there has not been a, a proper plan um, for a managerial search. And so you've got to understand and you've got to ask the question, the people asking the question here... That is there a proper plan for a relegation? You know, and at the end of the day, Liam, you, Wolves are in the bottom three of the Premier League. If if they get beat by Leicester this weekend and Forest win, they are joint bottom of the Premier League, and they've got the same amount of points as Nottingham Forest. Nottingham Forest, and I'm not the doom and gloom merchant, but I've got to be. I've got to be the devil on you know on, on your shoulder to say some of this because end of the day. And especially some of the fans, and you speak to some of the fans, and you see them at, at home, and it's great. But I saw some of the fans and spoke to them at, at Crystal Palace. You know, you've gone all that way on a, you know, on a Tuesday night, and it's an eight, nine, ten-hour round trip, and some of them just look completely fed up. They look completely dismayed, and and you know, you feel for them at this moment in time. You feel for the fans. You know, we get paid to do this job, but but it's um, when when decisions are getting made that are sometimes bewildering and sometimes frustrating and sometimes look like they haven't got a plan. It's understandable that people are asking these type of questions. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, no, I'm not, not going to argue against that for sure. Um, yeah, look, the fans deserve better, without a doubt, um, especially when you know so many make a trip like they did on Tuesday, as, as you said. Um, a lot of this now, because of the situation Wolves are in and, and obviously they've made their decision in the... In the Sort of short to medium term with with Steve Davis, um, a lot of this now is down to the players uh, and especially some of those ones that you mentioned. The, a lot of the new signings, you've got to show you your true colours now, and you've got to come out and, and it's a, it's a scrap really now, isn't it? And especially against yeah. Leicester, who are going to scrap and fight on Sunday, um, it, it's you've got to fight for for three points or any points, uh, otherwise you'll come away with nothing. Uh, last question, unless you want to um, interject with a question, you might have had a couple that you want to answer. Uh, I'm sorry, people, we haven't got to, but it's just, it's just, there's so many. Um, has the reliance on Mendes to do everything for she essentially made him incapable of even the most basic of job tasks? <laughs> that's quite, a, it's quite a damning question, isn't it? Um, so, well, the way, the way that it's worked, especially with this head coach situation, mm. the, the three people that have sort of been leading the. 
um, the search for, for this vacancy has been Jeff, uh, Scott Sellers uh, and Matt Hobbs. Um, those three have been the three people leading it. Uh, interesting as well to mention that um, Hobbs was sort of the one leading the idea of uh, sort of looking at young English managers, um, and which of course led on to the Michael Beale situation. Um, so the, the decisions at Wolves ultimately come down to Jeff, um, but they do run. And he listens to ideas, i.e., you know, listen to Matt Hobbs and, and, and sort of the Michael Beale ideal idea rather. Um, he does listen to ideas, and he is a sort of a committee, uh, which I know is a, a banned word in the Wolves. Uh, Twitter sphere at the moment but um, that, that's sort of the way they do it but ultimately Jeff has the final say um, and um, for, for better or worse and whatever people think about the decisions that's, that's sort of the reality and of course folks have got a relationship with, with Mendes um, I don't think it leaves him incapable of making decisions um, because he's made plenty but whether you agree with them or not is I suppose another, another matter isn't it mm. uh, any more questions that you wanted to discuss at all uh, I think we've hit everything on, on the head, mate. All good. Okay, uh, I'm going to run through this very, very quickly. Ketlin Toasterman, a, t- a tower air fryer, T170 in rose gold, massive dual cabinet release mechanism, amazing, £40. Make sure you get involved for everything, all the products, all your household products, kettleandtoasterman.co.uk. Also, a beautiful... Jose Sarr signed and framed glove from uh, from our football prize is available 7.30pm on Wednesday night. Next Wednesday, that closes. That's October the 26th. Um, £4.95, 10% discount code with the code WOLVESPODDY. Right, um, Leicester versus Wolves. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that is every game massive now? I think it is, but... Wolves, Wolves 18th in the table, Liam. Um, Leicester won last night. They um, comfortably beat Leeds United. And they come scoring goals, by the way. Um, they've scored more goals than Manchester United this season. They've scored more goals than Tottenham this season. It's not goals that are the problem. It's conceding. Um, so it's a good thing that Wolves score goals for fun. Um, <laughs> it's a huge game. Madison comes back into this side as well. He, he's suspended, so he'll be a little bit fresher than the rest. Oh, I mean, look, if, if, Wolves, if Wolves lose this game, then Leicester will, like I said earlier on, uh, jump ahead of them in the table and it will put Wolves in the bottom two. Um, only on goal difference if Forrest did win that game. It's it's a huge game. What do you see Steve Davis doing? Do you think more of the same? I mean, he did say that those three who were substituted should be available, and and probably and probably the fact that Diego Costa went off that he will he will start the game again. I know we thought he might be on the bench on Tuesday, but um, can you see too much, Can you can you see a few more changes, or do you think that it will pretty much be the same team that that played on Tuesday night? There's a couple of key decisions to make, but I think largely it will be very similar. So uh, I'll, I'll go straight in with what what I sort of predict. Um, mm-hmm. I think it'll be four three three, and I think it'll be Sar in goal. Uh, no surprises there. Um, right back is one of the, the big decisions I think because uh, Johnny's been quite poor recently. Didn't play uh, on Tuesday. Obviously, we've spoken about Samoa's second half. So there's a decision to be there. I'm going to say brings Johnny in at right back. Uh, I think Collins Kilman pretty much. Picks itself, and unfortunately for Hugo Bueno, I do think Aitnori probably comes back into the starting Ooh, 11. Oh, really? I do. Okay. I do. Why? Because it was illness, was it? For it for was, Nori? yeah, yeah, and, and it was a very late call as well. So it, it was, I think it was on the day of the game, and Aitnori was with the team, had, had travelled and everything as well, and then was was ill. Um, so he was he was there watching. I saw him after the game, but um, 
Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I, I do think they'd probably go with eight nine, but I don't. I do see a world where it's very possible that they, that Bueno keeps his place because you know Davis and Collins have not been afraid to to throw um, young kids in. Obviously with Joe Hodge as well, so it's possible. But I do think eight nine comes in. Um, I think the midfield three is is going to be uh, Neves, Nunes, Matinho. I do think it goes back to that. Matinho back in for Bubakar. Bubakar on the bench, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, the front, I think for me, both wings pick themselves. I think it's Adama on the right, Pedence on the left. Um, I'd be surprised if there's any changes to that. Pedence getting quite a lot of stick from a lot of fans. I think he's very much... Um, I think he splits opinion, actually, Daniel Pedence, which... Uh, which way do you stand on, on the Pedence? Yeah, I can see a little bit of the frustration at times because I think, um, particularly against Chelsea, there was far too many flicks, tricks and, and, and not sort of keeping it simple and keeping possession in key areas. Uh, he does that sometimes and it doesn't come off. Um, but equally, Wolves have not exactly had a you know an influx of influential forwards this season um, and he's been one of few that has scored a couple of goals, you know, shown very good glimpses at times. Um, he starts for me definitely, particularly when the other options are Geddes, who's not done it at all in my book, and Chem Campbell, who who's not at a start yet for the first in, team. In what so, is a massive game, isn't it? You've got to go for your yeah, your senior exactly. players. I would have thought. And then the last decision, which is a quite big one actually, probably the biggest mm-hmm. of, the, of the lot, is is you know striker um, Costa. Obviously, you want to, uh, to to you want to start and. I was a little bit surprised to see him start at Palace. I felt that might be the game that he gets a gets a rest, and he played just under an hour. Played eighty odd in the game before, so you can see a possibility of him being benched. Um, equally, it depends how he's recovered this week. So that one's very much up in the air. Um, if he doesn't start, you would imagine Huang probably comes in, um, or Geddes or Pedence play as a striker slash false nine, but. Um, I would hope it's Huang if it's not Costa, but I would obviously hope it's Costa for the time being. He's not, he's not added a huge goal threat. For being honest, I do think he's getting back to, to fitness, but he does offer a focal point. He, you know, the, the fans have taken to him, and he, he has a little bit of that fire that Wolves are going to need on Sunday as well as the rest of the season. I feel, I feel bad because um, we, we haven't really had too much banter or crack or laughter. Although I don't think maybe laughter is the the, the, the correct um, the correct way to, to approach this week, I guess, you know, and we're obviously in a bit of a rush with everything that's gone on this week. But I promise everybody we'll have a lot more to say, maybe a bit longer and a little bit more relaxed and chatty next week and hopefully have a you know, a win to talk about. What I do want to say though, Liam Keane, I was doing mass transfers of fancy Premier League this week. I'll be two minutes, don't worry. Um you are twenty second in the Wolves Podcast League, which is impressive. Very I'm, impressive. Yeah, I'm 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 you know, admitted Myself, when we first started, well, when I first got this job, when we started talking about the FPL, that I'm mm. very, not very good at it because I end up sort of forgetting or losing interest or whatever. Um, I've been sticking with it and I've had a good start, and I'm, I think I've Mate, made a that's few good decisions. Thousand people, and, and actually, the other week, I've had the last two weeks, I've dropped off a little bit in my scores, mm. um, and before that, I was eighth. So Astonishing. I was I'm very I was very impressed with that. So yeah, twenty second, although you need to. I mean, I'm where am I? I'm forty third. So so we're both doing okay from the cost of coffee gate that we're um, we're going to let people have. What I would say is you need to improve your team name, mate. Kino United. Is mate, that I, all I, you mate, come up mate, with? Mate, I, I, you know my friends actually take the piss out of me for that because I. I I haven't got the creativity to come up with anything, and I also don't care that much. <laughs> so, so yeah. all all my mates have all got like these like funky, you know, jokey yeah. names. I'm like, I just don't care. 
Oh, I'll I'm tell you what, almost 26, I'm, mate. I'm too old for this. The, 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 the reason says, says, says 41 year old Nathan Judah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, well, that got, that got me thinking. And to be honest, I'm just looking at the top 50. There's some great team names there. Um, Gonzalo, get in there. Christ, you, well, you might as well call your team name there because it's, we're not going to, no chance of us saying it anytime soon, is it? Um, no let's have a look. Finding Neto. Uh, no? It's all no? right. Okay, okay. Lovely bit of Totty. Oh, I like that one. That's good. You like that one? Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's I'm good. trying to keep it towards. Although I do like Harland Globetrotters. That's not too bad, no, actually. Yeah, it's no. all right, that. Guedes some goals. No, that's Guedes. shocking, mate. That's absolutely shocking. Why? Get <laughs> in the bin, son. That is awful. Numero Bruno. <laughs> that's <laughs> aged well, isn't it? <laughs> this is a good one from someone who we know very, very well. And by the way, is in the top 20, 18th in the league. I'm... Asar is born, Max I, Fitzgerald. I, I, was just about to say, I literally before I was waiting for you to finish your sentence. I was going to tell you that Max, I, I meant to say to him, is ahead of me, and I was very upset. Astonishing about that. Because me and him have been quite close in points recently, and I was uh, I was meant to mention this to him in person, but I, I, my my goal, I don't care. I could come a thousand, well, 999th. Yeah, I've got to beat Max. Hundred percent. That's it, and, it, and I'm sure away. when he listens to this, he'll probably then be you know even more eager to beat me. But yeah, that's that's what I want. He'll fall away. Here we go. A couple more. Uh, the, I've got I've got a couple here that I quite like. You ready? No Kilman. No, I don't like No Kilman. No Cry. That's poor. No, that's 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 shocking. This isn't Wolves, but I quite like it. Netflix and Chillwell. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be one of the better ones, actually. That like is that good. One. I like Come that. Come on. Yeah. To be fair uh, to Max, Asara's Born's pretty good, actually. No, that's very good. That I, is pretty good. Can't I'll give him too much that. credit there. Um, I quite like <laughs> this one as well. You, you, you might have got it, Kino, but uh, I, I got it. Send Nunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I definitely get that one, my son. Uh, Excellent work. That's Excellent. a good one. Superb, superb. Right, uh, let's move on. Let's go. Let's get a prediction before we go, Liam. Um, right, okay. Uh, I'm going to go first. Uh, isn't, I had to have a little bit of a, a fun segment before I go. Wolverhampton Wanderers one, Leicester City uh, two. <laughs> I think we get beat, mate. And I, I hate to say it, but this is this is me saying head. I think Leicester score a couple of goals. I'm not sure where the Wolves do. It could be toxic, and I, I, look, I wonder what the crowd are going to how the crowd are going to react. But I think Wolves might get beat on Sunday. I'm very nervous. I'm going to say two one to the away side. I hate having to do this. Mm-hmm. I really do. Uh oh. But you know, goals yeah. make games. Yeah. No, don't. Don't you give me a 0-0 no. ball draw. No, 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 no. Okay. I think Leicester are going to win 1-0. Oh, you can't give me criticism going, wow, wow, and then you go 1-0 Leicester. I know, but I, I, I'm not going to, you know, not go with my head just to yeah. know, appease the, the podcast. I've, I've, got to, I've got to stick with it. And that could be one of the first I, times I've gone away when, we against, both against ob- the side 19th in the table. We obviously, I know, we both obviously both hope that we're wrong. Uh, desperately hope they were wrong but that's what I'm going to go with and uh, um, yeah I can't say much more than that okay Liam thanks very much mate um, hopefully you get a chance to listen to this uh, before Sunday um, and we'll be with you with a longer a longer one next week but for me from Liam fingers crossed it can only get better said D-Ream oh, I, gotta hope, I, gotta, I really hope so <laughs> we'll see Sunday night for me from Liam take care bye bye